Hello football fans, this is Logan Fisher here to tell you a little bit about what this podcast is all about, what Behind Enemy Lines is, and really it's uh, just a guy, regular guy, um, and some other guys that are going to be on with me a lot of the times that like to talk about football. We love football, we're average Joes, um, but we like to watch our teams, and this is just an avenue for us to express ourselves. Uh, Again, my name's Logan, born and raised in a small town outside of Kansas City, Missouri, Um, and I am a Broncos fan. Uh, Wasn't necessarily raised that way. My parents would say that they failed. Um, I became a Broncos fan when I was eight years old, watching uh, Johnny, Johnny Boy, win his back-to-back Super Bowls. John Elway, Terrell Davis, I was hooked, and uh, I thought that they were the team to watch. That's when I first started watching football uh, when I was that young, and uh, just stuck. It stuck, and uh, here I am today, faithful. I've been through a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, but uh, I will always have Super Bowl 50, and I'm a diehard Broncos fan through and through, Uh, so behind enemy lines is basically uh, me as a Broncos fan. Uh, living in Kansas City, living amongst Chiefs fans, um, taking the ridicule, taking the hate, and uh, really, uh, you know, dominating them along the way for the most part throughout the years. I know things haven't been that great lately, um, but here I am. I just want to talk about the Broncos. My buddies will be on. We'll be. They'll talk talk about the Chiefs. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of the AFC West division, football in general. Um, me mean a little bit of life so uh, that's where we are that's what this podcast is going to be about so if you want to join us uh, thank you so much welcome in and we'll do our best to entertain you guys So before I get into the Broncos from week one, uh, tell you a little bit about the guys that are typically be joining me. Uh, Their names are Travis Hudson and Ryan Paris, two really good friends of mine. Went to high school together, went to college together, um, and through it all, remained really good friends. And uh, even though they're Chiefs fans, I still love them. Um, But they're really smart guys, really, really big into football, love their Chiefs. I respect them. And uh, so they'll be joining me uh, in future episodes. Um, So just wanted to throw that out there before uh, I talk about week one. Uh, It'll definitely be more entertaining when they're on uh, because we'll go back and forth about some things, of course. And they'll add some insight to um, obviously the Chiefs games and and even the Broncos games, you know, that I might not be seeing from... uh, from an objective perspective, and hopefully I can do that same for them uh, on the Chiefs games. So uh, that's that, and we'll move on to the Broncos games. Broncos game from Week One. All right, so Week One is in the books, and I gotta say, as a Broncos fan. It feels pretty dang good. Um, You know, obviously, Broncos get a big win over Seattle um, at home 
27-24. Wasn't the prettiest at times, but man, let me tell you, the main thing that I'm going to talk about today is just how different this team looks. Um, you know, I'm going to go over how the team is different and some of the same things that I saw. Um, but, you know, the first thing, just as a fan, that comes to mind is that that was a fun game to watch. And there weren't very many fun games to watch last year outside of save week two against Dallas where we put the hammer down on Zeke and the Cowboys and we thought we were going to be rolling. Trevor Simeon looked great. Um, And I mean, looking back on that, you can just kind of attribute that to the wheels falling off for Dallas, who really was not that good last year anyways. Um, So, you know, 5-11 and last year and and the wheels kind of came off for us too. But as an offense, there were just very few games last year where I thought, wow, you know, that was that was a great offensive performance or that was fun to watch. It was mainly misery, mainly suffering through Trevor Simeon running into sacks and throwing interceptions and not bouncing back from it. Um, now, you know, in terms of looking for things that were the same from last year, unfortunately, we still had turnovers. As good as Case Keenum looked at times, three picks is not going to get it done most weeks. Um, You know, that was what we saw a lot of last year was us turning the ball over. And then a lot of what we saw last year was our defense not getting a stop after those turnovers. And that was something that happened again in this game, unfortunately, is those interceptions directly led to 14 points. Our defense did not get stops after that. So, you know, again, that was something that was the same. And then another thing that was the same was a man named freaking Will Disley, a blocking tight end, shredded us for over 100 yards on three friggin' catches. Are you kidding me? The Broncos still can't cover tight ends. We got Travis Kelsey. We got Antonio Gates. We got Jared Cook. And now we can't stop Will Disley. It's unbelievable. But that rant aside, everything looked way different for this Broncos team. The offensive line was great, and they were terrible last year. You know who was also terrible last year? Menelik Watson. And Menelik Watson is not on the team anymore. I know we ate some cap money for that, but I do not care. He was horrid, and I am glad that he is gone. Jared Valdir is the new right tackle. He looked great. Case Keenum was the least pressured quarterback in week one. Least? pressured that could never ever have been a thing last year so you know this starting group that we have of Bowles who looked way better I know it's week one but Garrett Bowles Ron Leary is going to be solid Matt Paradis you know is going to be solid Connor McGovern working his way in there and starting this year I think he's going to be solid and then Jared Valdir if he stays healthy could be a huge upgrade for us so they protected case keenum the least pressured quarterback in the nfl in week one and they were opening holes for our running backs 
Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay getting in there, undrafted guy out of CU. I'm not going to lie, I didn't know much about this guy uh, until I was listening to you know, another podcast of guys that did know him, and they were talking him up a lot, and I am so glad from what I saw. The guy is electric, made a big play for us. Um, the touchdown, you know, in the passing game, obviously. But, man, um, another thing that I saw that they didn't have from last year was at the end, well, for one, we were never up in games, so we never had the opportunity to do this. But at the end of the game, when we're up, we ran the clock out at the end, didn't run it all the way out, but picked up two huge first downs, Royce Freeman grinding the game away. We put ourselves in good position so that when we punted, they were back deep with about a minute, maybe a little less, and the defense got the stop and won the game. And that was something that never, ever happened last year. Never. Um, And then maybe one of the most exciting things that I saw that was different was the coaching. I had zero complaints with any play calls that Bill Musgrave made. Thought the game plan was great. I thought the play calling was great. The execution, obviously, in case Keenum's part, was not that great a few times. He made some bad decisions, some inerrant throws. But, man, I liked what they were doing. I really liked what they were doing. Not to mention, last year, they refused to put the ball in their best player's hands. They they just didn't do it. And this year, and you see it all across the league, these NFL coaches are stubborn, and they stick to what's safe. They stick to what they know. But our undrafted rookie, Philip Lindsay, got 15 carries for 71 yards. And our third-round rookie got 15 more carries while Devontae Booker took a back seat. And all things leading up to this made you think that he was going to have more of a significant role. But the best players touched the ball. And that just makes sense to me, but not every NFL team does it. And I'm so glad that the Broncos are doing it this year. Um, So, man, I just was very encouraged by what I saw. I think Case Keenum will clean up the interceptions. I saw a weird stat. Uh, He's actually, he was better under pressure with the Vikings than he was not under pressure. And so the fact that he was the least pressured quarterback this week is just kind of weird. I think maybe he's just not used to it. They didn't come after him. They didn't bring many blitzes. And uh, he he made some mistakes. And I think that he's going to have to learn from that. But I do think he's a smart guy. I think he'll, I think he'll clean that up. Um, but, man, he made some throws that you just didn't see last year either. Um, the connection that he's got with Emmanuel Sanders is special. He made a pinpoint like I don't know if he could ever make that throw again <laughs> maybe a little bit of luck involved on that go ahead touchdown to Demarius Thomas which great catch by him and yeah I just can't can't say enough about his resilience coming back from those interceptions and just making big throw after big throw I mean he had over 300 yards passing three touchdowns you know obviously what more could you ask from the guy other than to cut down on the interceptions and I think he will I really think he will 
Um, obviously, that's that's concerning moving forward if if there's more of that. But um, it's just good to come out and and get a win in a in a fun game against against Russell Wilson. I know uh, you know this is a game that I thought we should have won coming in. Uh, I just don't think that roster for the Seahawks is very talented. I call them the fighting Russell Wilsons because Russell Wilson is a beast and he's going to get his, he made some plays, but, uh, you know, um, we, we, we limited that for the most part. And, uh, a big part of that was, and I can't believe I've gone this long into the episode without talking about the animal man beast that is von freaking miller three sacks two forced fumbles and a fumble recovery that wasn't really even a recovery so much as it was a theft a freaking heist he just snatched snatched his ball out of chris carson's hand like it was nothing like he was just carrying around a I don't even know a cake a birthday cake and he just took it out of this little kid's hand that's how much more of a man than Von Miller is than everyone else on the field I mean and that's that's something that's different to be honest like Von Miller was good last year but he was not dominant and he was dominant in that game and uh, it was as dominant a game as I'd seen him have probably since the Super Bowl. And if you're going to get that from him week in and week out, that is just amazing. And, and they're they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, you know, and you've also got, that's without mentioning um, that Bradley Chubb had a lot of good pressures. Shaq Barrett, who played, I think, four snaps, <laughs> had a sack you know and Shane Ray who can also get there so we're stacked stacked as pass rushers the defensive line played really good stopping the run Shelby Harris who is a backup basically was the highest rated pro football focus on the Broncos defense higher than Von Miller in the game so I mean you got guys you got playmakers and it it's fun. They're going to be a fun team to watch this year, whereas they were not last year. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. And uh, that's about, well, that's not all I have to say about the game, but we'll take a break and uh, we'll finish up with our last segment on the other side. So here's what I'm not excited to talk about. As a Broncos fan, I am worried. And what I'm worried about is the Kansas City Chiefs. They are going to be scary. They're scary. They're scary on offense. Uh, They're not scary on defense. But that might not matter. I mean, they're going to win a lot of games and it's because they have a lot of firepower on a lot of levels. Uh, their new quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Sophomore season, basically first season um, as a starter. Chiefs move on from Alex Smith, and you can see why. The dude is a baller, 
and he's going to make a lot of plays. He's going to make a lot of plays for them this year. Uh, I will be interested to see moving forward when he plays the Broncos, uh, what he's able to do against us. Um, obviously chiefs coming off a big division win, uh, beating the Chargers in week one, which, by the way, uh, there's all this national attention, all this national media about the Chargers and how they're the division favorites. And I get it, you know, they're probably the most complete and talented roster, but they just don't take in the Charger factor. Just the fact that they're the Chargers and they go Charger. And they did Charger in this game. Let me tell you, um, first of all, don't kick the ball to Tyreek Hill. Just don't do it. The guy is so freaking fast, and there's just no reason to risk it. I don't care how good your practices were with your special teams and your coverages. Just don't kick it to the man, and don't kick it to the man with whole the whole field he don't kick it in the corner just kick it out of bounds and live to fight another day try and cover him as a receiver he took one back on him um they had a couple receivers drop wide open long bombs that would have been touchdowns uh they missed a field goal you know just that's what they do they do chargerish things and they will continue to do that. And, I mean, they're a scary team. They're a good team. They're a talented team. They got Phillip Rivers. He's can always do it. Um, but let's just pump the brakes on the whole crowning the Chargers before they even play a game this year. I think the Broncos will be right there, um, as will the Chiefs. They all have question marks, uh, the Chiefs being that, you know, they have a young quarterback um, that may end up making mistakes. Now, he didn't make any in week one. Four touchdowns, no picks. Um, he didn't have that many attempts. He didn't have to do a whole lot. Uh, but the completions that he made were big and they were impressive. And they are probably going to, you know, be reckoned with. They did all this with their star tight end catching one pass. Um, so they didn't even have to use him. Uh, Travis Kelsey is a beast as well. So, you know, uh, as a Broncos fan, I don't like to see this mainly for the years to come just because I think uh, Mahomes is going to give them a good chance to win, uh, not just this year, but even more so in the future. Uh, They're going to be good, and I'm sure my buddies will want to talk more about this game and Patrick Mahomes when I have them on next week and I will leave most of that breakdown to them but I just got to say as a Broncos fan I'm scared I'm a little nervous um, I do think up we that we can match up with them but uh, so I play the game I'm excited it'll be fun and I think that might be week four I think we got the Raiders this week and then Baltimore and then the Chiefs so we actually get to play them pretty early this year so looking forward to that it'll be a lot of fun
Final thoughts on the Broncos before I get going. Adam Jones. Adam Pac-Man Jones. I don't think he likes to be called Pac-Man anymore, but he's a solid addition for us. He was a good signing because the Broncos needed a third corner. I did not feel comfortable with Tremaine Brock. And Adam Jones came in and looks like he's already proven that he's going to be that that third corner. Played most of the game. Tremaine Brock did not get very many snaps. And I think he allowed one catch on three targets for minimal yardage. So good to go there. He also handled the punt return duties, which he was sure-handed in the ones that he caught. There were a couple that I would have liked to see him field um, that did cost us some some uh, field position there um, and I think that he'll be fine with that he's experienced um, so yeah and they were comfortable enough seeing him in there that uh, we released Isaiah McKenzie again uh, I think that's the right move and so that's that I'm glad to have Adam Jones on the team and in that third corner spot I think he's going to play play some crucial uh, crucial snaps for us and in wrapping up, uh, just a little bit of a fantasy advice. Start Emmanuel Sanders if you have him. The dude, he looks, he looks rejuvenated, revitalized, whatever you want to call it this year. And he's got rapport with Case Keenum, and Case Keenum likes him. He can sling it. 10 catches, 135 yards on 11 targets. That is some efficiency. I think that you can start him pretty much every week. Some weeks he'll be a solid wide receiver too. Um, at the worst, uh, flex with upside. So start Emmanuel Sanders. And that is my fantasy advice for you from a Broncos perspective this week. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I know that listening to one guy talk is not very much fun. I promise when the other guys are on, it'll be a little more lively, a little more interaction. I'm looking forward to it. Again, I am just a guy who loves his Denver Broncos, loves talking about football. And if anyone out there cares to listen to it, that is fantastic. Otherwise... I am satisfied to sit here and talk to myself. A little bit of therapy. A little bit of uh, Victory Monday therapy. It's actually Wednesday. It is Wednesday, my dudes. It is Wednesday. And since it is a Wednesday, I work tonight. Fun fact, I'm a nurse. I work nights. And I work tonight. So I am going to get some rest. Signing off for the Behind the Enemy Lines podcast. I will see you next week. How can the Broncos not cover Will Disley?